back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 161 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. And for anyone who listens to this podcast, you know, on the regular, you're probably noticing that we have a new intro song for today. This is the song Friends, which is the newest song from our good friends in Pacifier. Of course, we typically play a song called Leave the Lights On from Pacifier here in our intro. I just think that Leave the Lights On is a perfect uh, intro song for a hockey podcast. It just works. It just fits. This one, obviously, a little bit more mellow, but it's a great song in its own right. And again, a big thanks to Pacifier for allowing us to do this. So what I'll probably do, again, this is the new song, and it's called Friends, and you can find it wherever you listen to music. But I'll probably play this song for the rest of this week and then switch back to Leave the Lights On uh, going forward because, A, Leave the Lights On, again, it's just too perfect for a hockey podcast, and B, I am way too superstitious to mess with success. You know, obviously the Rangers have been on a roll in the second half of the season, so I just want to keep everything the same on here. Let's stick with Leave the Lights On as we barrel toward the Stanley Cup playoffs. But yeah, Friends, uh, a great song from Pacifier, and again, you can check them out anywhere that you listen to music. But let's go ahead and talk about these Ranger practices that occurred over the weekend. Uh, The biggest news, of course, is that Pavel Buchnevich left in the middle of Saturday's practice, and per the new rules and regulations, coaches aren't really allowed to elaborate on why a player isn't at practice or isn't playing in the games once the games start. And David Quinn basically just said that, you know, I can't really comment on that per the new rules. And of course, speculation runs rampant then. And we're going to get into the Pavel Buchnevich situation in just a second. But first, I just wanted to give you guys some general uh, news, some general notes from these practices. The Rangers were scrimmaging each other. What they do in these practices is they'll have scrimmages. The roster will be split into two separate teams and they will play two 20-minute periods against each other. So 40 minutes of hockey, everybody gets an opportunity. And I think maybe among the biggest pieces of news to come out of Sunday's practice is that Capo Caco and Julian Gauthier each scored twice during that 40-minute game. And that's obviously good to hear because if either or both of these guys could really kind of find the scoring touch in the postseason, that would obviously give the Rangers a lift because... You know, going into the playoffs, I don't think too many of us are too worried about Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad. You pretty much expect them to play big in the playoffs. They've been the Rangers' best players all season. They have become bonafide superstars in this league. But man, if you start getting some secondary scoring from guys like Capo Caco and Julian Gauthier, who didn't really give you all that much in the regular season, uh, that really bodes well for the Rangers' chances. I like this matchup, as a lot of you, I'm sure, do against the Hurricanes to begin with. But if you start getting big-time scoring contributions and multi-point efforts from guys like Capo Caco and Julian Gauthier, then I don't see any way how the Rangers would lose this series. Because if, if those guys are scoring, then you can only imagine what guys like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad are doing. And at that point, the floodgates are probably open and the Rangers really might be rolling offensively, really putting up a lot of goals against a team in the Carolina Hurricanes, which... You know, their biggest weakness is arguably in net, and it would not be surprising at all if we see both Peter Mrazek and James Reamer in this series, and if that happens, again, that bodes well for the Rangers' chances as well, because it might even mean that they've chased one of the goalies out of the series, but yeah, again, if Capo Caco, Julian Gauthier, players like that, secondary scoring threats start lighting the lamp, then look out. The Rangers could really run away with this one in a heck of a hurry. 
It is just a scrimmage, and I think it's important to keep that in perspective, but there's videos of the practices online, and I've been watching a couple of those, and these guys are competing hard, and, and from what I could see, it's not like the Rangers are out there, you know, taking runs at each other and trying to take each other's heads off and laying each other out or anything like that, but there is good competition. There are guys out there battling for playing time, and you can either increase your stock or decrease your stock based on how you perform in these scrimmages. So these scrimmages are very, very important for the Rangers as it pertains to playing time in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We mentioned that these scrimmages are basically two periods of 20 minutes each, and then they call it after two periods. But also of note here is how the Rangers have handled their goalies during this time. On Sunday, the most recent of the scrimmages, Lundqvist played all 40 minutes for one team, while Shesterkin started for the other team. He played the first 20 minutes, and then he was replaced by Alex Georgiev for the last 20 minutes. In the scrimmage prior, it was Shesterkin who played the full 40 minutes, while Lundqvist and Georgiev got 20 minutes each. So make of that what you will. It's not really a surprise here, but... It does sound like Shesterkin is really starting to take the bull by the horns as it pertains to the starting goalie position. I think coming to training camp, most of us probably would have expected Igor Shesterkin to be the game one starter for the Rangers. I know that it's been framed as an open competition by David Quinn, and that's a good thing. It's always good to promote competition, and certainly Quinn doesn't seem like the kind of coach that's just going to hand the starting job to somebody, uh, much less a rookie who's only played in 12 NHL games. He's not going to just give the job to Igor Shesterkin over a legend like Henrik Lundqvist. He's going to make him earn it. But I think if you're looking at this objectively, you're looking at everything that's happened this entire season and the way that the Rangers have played ever since Igor Shesterkin has basically taken over as the starting goalie, all signs are pointing to Igor Shesterkin starting game one for the Rangers. It was going to be his job to lose for sure. And it sounds like not only has he not lost a job or done anything to suggest that he might lose a job, it sounds like he's actually strengthened his hold on the starting position. Because from from what I'm hearing, from what I'm reading, from you know talking with Vince Mercagliano, who joined the show last week, it sounds like Igor Shesterkin has been the best of the three goalies in this training camp. And the only way that either Lundqvist or Georgiev was going to take this starting job away from him is they had to outplay Shesterkin by a significant margin in these training camp practices, these scrimmages, and that has not happened to this point. So yeah, at this point, it would be pretty shocking if anybody other than Igor Shesterkin is in net for game one against the Hurricanes. It is a situation that we will continue to monitor as we go through the week here. Maybe we'll even dive into it a little bit deeper in our next episode. But today, just a little bit of everything we got to get to. So I want to keep it moving along here. And if anyone wants to know the full lines for Sunday's scrimmage, again, the most recent scrimmage that the Rangers had, you had Team Hank. And again, Lundqvist played the entire scrimmage, all 40 minutes. And the top line for his team was Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Capo Kako. Kako took Pavel Buchnevich's spot on the top line. Again, we're going to get into the Buchnevich situation in just a minute, but Capo Kako filling in there on the top line for the Rangers. And then you also had Brett Howden centering Greg McKegg and Stephen Fogarty. And then you also had Danny O'Regan centering Brendan Lemieux and Vitali Kraftsoff. And then on the other team, it's Team Igor slash Team Alex Georgiev. And you've got Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Jesper Foss. They have not touched that line, nor should they touch that line. Uh, everybody has just clicked with each other all season. Might as well keep the band together. And then you've also got Philip Hedl centering Philip DiGiuseppe and Julian Gauthier. Uh, Kako obviously moved from that line up to the top line, and then Julian Gauthier moving from the fourth line up to the third line here with Philip Hedl and Philip DiGiuseppe. And then for the final line for Team Igor slash Team Georgiev, you have Vinny Letary centering Tim Gettinger and a rotating player. They were kind of mixing players in and out there. So some interesting line combinations, and we'll dive into this deeper as the week goes on here, and we'll see how the Rangers continue to line up. They are actually off today. They will not practice on today, Monday, but they will be back at it tomorrow on Tuesday. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we got to go ahead and dive into the Pavel Buchnevich situation. Once again, he left practice on Saturday and did not return. He was not there on Sunday either. And when you originally hear something like this, you know, you can't help but think about every conceivable scenario. Is he injured? Is it something having to do with COVID? I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast right now with this uncertainty. And obviously with coaches not really allowed to elaborate on injuries slash sickness. So... You know, I saw some people on social media saying, well, you know, it, it can't possibly be COVID because he was already at practice and it's not like he tested positive while he was out there on the ice. And that is true to an extent, but you never know what else could be going on because, you know, does Pavel Buchnevich have a family member who tested positive and, and was, did somebody make a call into the Rangers facility to let them know about this? Uh, was Buchnevich in contact with someone who thinks they might have COVID or does he know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who might have COVID-19 or is it just a minor injury and that's why he left the ice? You just never know. And that's just, again, that's just kind of the world we're living in right now. And the NHL, of course, doing everything it can to protect player privacy. David Quinn was asked about Pavel Buchnevich, and he was predictably mum about the subject. He said Buchnevich is not in jeopardy, however, of missing any of the qualifying round games against the Hurricanes. So that's obviously good news for several reasons. Uh, first and foremost, Buchnevich is healthy. Secondly, the Rangers are going to need Buchnevich, and we've talked about you know the lack of scoring depth on the Rangers at forward, and he's someone who's played well for the most part with Zibanejad and Kreider on the top line. Uh, for anyone who needs a refresher, Buchnevich finished the regular season with 16 goals and 30 assists in 68 games. So not video game numbers, not numbers that really pop off the charts, but he was really starting to feel it right before the season was paused because in his last 14 games before what turned out to be here about a four and a half month break from hockey, in those last 14 games, Buchnevich had five goals and 10 assists, and he had at least one point in 11 of those 14 games. So he was really starting to click, obviously, with, I mean, it helps that he's out there with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, but yeah, he, he was on fire, playing some of his best hockey of the season, starting to find the scoring touch. And for Ranger fans, you just kind of hope that he can pick up right where he left off, continue to do some good things on that top line. And with David Quinn, you know, I think he's a pretty straight shooter with the media, with his players, pretty much with everybody. And if he's saying that Buchnevich is going to be ready for the qualifying round series against the Hurricanes, then I tend to believe him. And I would imagine Buchnevich will be back out there on the top line. But it is at least worth noting, you know, how the Rangers have lined up at practice without Buchnevich being there. We talked about that a little bit in the intro, but Buchnevich's absence, you know, that causes a little bit of a ripple effect throughout 
the rest of the lineup. And the Rangers, as I said, moved Capo Caco up to the top line to get some work with Zibanejad and Kreider. And really, when you look at the other Ranger right wings, Caco's arguably the only choice to replace Buchnevich. And I mean, you could look at it and maybe you say Jesper Foss. You know, he's at least an option. And Foss, of course, has been pretty firmly entrenched on the second line with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. And Foss is one of those guys, you can pretty much put him anywhere in the lineup, and he never really feels out of place. But with all that said, I would not break up the second line of Fast Panarin and Strom because you've got a bona fide MVP candidate in Artemi Panarin. I think he should be the MVP of this league. And then you've also got two players who are vastly exceeding expectations and have benefited quite a bit from playing with Artemi Panarin. I mean, the argument can be made that Ryan Strom is having the best season of his career. It's at least one of his best two. And with Foss, it's not always about points. It's about playing with that grit and that edge and, you know, just working his tail off every single shift. And Foss does that. But he's actually become, you know, a solid offensive contributor this season as well. So I see no reason to mess with that line. Don't reinvent the wheel. If somebody has to be out of the lineup, as Buchnevich has been these last few practices, then obviously there's going to be some adjustments, but I would keep those three guys together on that second line. So Kako really by default has to be the guy to move up to the first line. And the other point that's worth considering here is that Kako has quite a bit more upside than Fost. I mean, certainly in the long term, that is the case because Kako is about 10 years younger than Fost and Kako was the second overall pick in the draft. But even in the short term, I think if somebody's going to go off offensively in this series for the Rangers and kind of come out of nowhere to, you know, have a bunch of points and contribute offensively on the power play, everything else, it's probably going to be Capo Caco rather than Jesper Foss. So I'm moving Capo Caco from the third line to the top line, just as the Rangers did. I think that's definitely the way to go here. And by all accounts, from people who are attending these practices, from people who are covering the Rangers, from people who are writing stories about this team, it definitely sounds like Capo Caco has impressed in practice. And so I think naturally, you want to reward a player for that. And that's kind of Caco's reward. There's a little bit of an opening on the top line right now, at least in the short term. And so Capo Caco jumps up there with Zibanejad and with Kreider. I also think that it's at least possible that even if Buchnevich is healthy and he's ready to go for these playoffs, the Rangers could, could still make a switch mix things up a little bit, give Kako a chance on the top line and move Buchnevich down to the third line. At first glance here, and you know, we haven't really had a chance to, to weigh all the possibilities and all the options, but I would not do that. If everybody's healthy, I'm not going to mess too much with the lines. I would leave Buchnevich on the top line. I would leave Kako on the third line. Again, we mentioned how hot Buchnevich was right before the break, and Kako, you know, a little bit of an underwhelming rookie season. You know, I think the fact that he's had to play hockey nonstop for 18 months clearly has something to do with that and this four and a half uh, month break here that Kako has had might be beneficial to him going into the playoffs maybe that's even why he seems to have a little bit more spring in his step during these practices but it's at least possible that maybe the Rangers would you know if Buchnevich has to miss a lot of time here at practice and again there's no word on how much time he will miss but if Buchnevich is absent for a lot of these practices and Kako just seems to really find a rhythm with Zibanejad and Kreider on the top line and really just starts to click with them then who knows maybe Kako gets a chance with them when the playoffs start and you stick Buchnevich on the third line again I I don't think I would do that just because post-All-Star break, the Rangers were one of the best things in hockey. They had it all working. Everything just clicked. They were absolutely on fire. Buchnevich himself was on fire. So I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel and shuffle all these lines all over the place. If everybody's healthy, I would lean toward leaving Buchnevich on the top line and Kako on the third line. But it's at least something to consider. And who knows? You know, maybe once the playoff series starts, the way that each of these two players performs could influence David Quinn. If Kako seems to be outplaying Buchnevich, then maybe a switch is made and Kako jumps up to the first line. But if Buchnevich does anything close to what he was doing 
in the regular season, right before the season was paused, then I think he still has to hang on to that that spot on that top line. I think he's still the right winger to go along with Kreider and Zibanejad. But no matter where he ends up in the lineup, I think Katko really has a chance here to make a lot of Ranger fans forget about what was a somewhat underwhelming rookie season. I'm not going to kill Katko. It's important to remember he just turned 19 in the middle of this season. He was playing hockey for basically 18 straight months. And I think you got to be a little bit patient here. But if Katko has a big time showing in the postseason, then nobody's really going to remember or care about the fact that he had only 10 goals and 13 assists in 66 games in his rookie season. Again, nobody should be giving up on Katko. But if he really makes an impact in these playoffs, then I, I think, you know, he kind of earns his stripes as a Ranger, so to speak. I'll just throw out one more option as far as what the Rangers could do if Buchnevich is unable to dress in the playoffs for any reason. Again, I think it would be Kako on the top line, but I suppose you could at least consider moving Julian Gauthier up to the top line, but I would not do that because he is quite inexperienced at the NHL level. He has only played in 17 career regular season games, the most recent 12, of course, with the Rangers following the trade that brought him over here from Carolina. And I would think that moving Gauthier from the fourth line in the regular season all the way up to the first line alongside Kreider and Zibanejad in the playoffs is probably a bridge too far. Like, you know, hey, kid, I know you've only played in 12 games with the Rangers and you average about eight minutes of ice time per night, but get out there and carry us offensively. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. I suppose you never know. I mean, we have seen Philip DiGiuseppe on the top line. He filled in there, of course, when Kreider was absent with an injury. But I think what's more likely for Gauthier, if Pavel Buchnevich is unable to play in the qualifying round for any reason, is Gauthier probably moves up to the third line and takes Capo Caco's old spot. Of course, Caco at that point would be at the top line. It's definitely a fun exercise to try and come up with a lineup for the Rangers for Game 1 against the Hurricanes, and if I had to fill out the lineup right now, I mean, this is probably what I would go with. You guys can weigh in. Feel free to reach out. Let me know what you would do as far as line combinations, defense pairings, all that good stuff. But yeah, I tend to believe David Quinn when he says that Pavel Buchnevich will play, and so I would not mess with that top line. You've got Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich. Then, of course, the second line. We've talked about this earlier in this episode, but Ryan Strom, along with Artemi Panarin and Jesper Foss, there is no reason to break these guys up. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And so I would definitely imagine the Rangers will keep those three together. And then for the third line, Brandon Lemieux is going to be suspended. Assuming the NHL hasn't completely fallen asleep at the wheel and just kind of forgotten about it, he will be suspended. So we got to prepare for life without Brandon Lemieux for at least one game here in the playoffs. And so I think the third line seems pretty likely to be Philip Hedl centering, I would say, Philip DiGiuseppe on the left wing and then Capo Caco on the right wing. Uh, DiGiuseppe, another guy who's kind of moved up and down the lineup for the Rangers this season. Basically, whichever left winger is out, DiGiuseppe just kind of takes his place. And so I would imagine that they'll probably go with him on the left wing for the third line, I think it beats any of the alternatives. And then for the fourth line, some combination of Brett Howden, Greg McKaig, and Julian Gauthier. If and when Brennan Lemieux comes back, then I could see the Rangers taking Greg McKaig out of the lineup. But DiGiuseppe, Brett Howden could also be possibilities to be a healthy scratch. Although they haven't really healthy scratched Brett Howden all season. So I, I would think that he'll probably be safe. He'll probably continue to play in the postseason, even after Brennan Lemieux is back from his suspension. And even in a scenario where every single Ranger is healthy and able to play. But we will see there. I know some fans are excited at the idea of maybe seeing Vinny Letary and or Vitali Krasov in these playoffs, but I would imagine that they would only dress if there are multiple Rangers out of the starting lineup. Or maybe if the Rangers just feel like they need an offensive spark. Maybe they're not getting enough goals early in the series and they just want to toss Letary out there. He had a really strong season with the Wolfpack. And then, of course, Vitali Krasov, one of the top prospects in the Ranger organization. So it's at least possible that we see one of these guys, but I would not bet on it at this moment. 
As for the Rangers' defense pairings, I don't think you reinvent the wheel here either. I think you go with Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox as your top defense pairing and the pairing that sees the most time against the Hurricanes' dangerous top line of Taravainen and Aho and Svechnikov. And just about all season, I would argue that these two guys have been the Rangers' best defensemen. And I think they should lead the Rangers in ice time, uh, at least at even strength. Obviously, Ryan Lindgren's not going to play on the power play, but... Yeah, I mean, at even strength, you got to go with them more than anybody else. And then I think after that, you go with Brennan Smith and Jacob Truba, kind of the veteran pairing. And then, you know, rounding out the defense pairings, Mark Stahl and Tony D'Angelo. I did see something where David Quinn recently mentioned that he would not rule out inserting Liber Hayek into the starting lineup in these playoffs. And that's a whole other debate. And that's something that we're going to jump into in our next episode. Like I said, a lot happened over the weekend. These Monday shows are always crazy. We just got to hit the ground running and talk about everything that has happened. But we will debate in our next episode the possibility of maybe putting Liber Hayek back into the starting lineup. It's an interesting option because he hasn't appeared in a game for the Rangers since January 11th. And that was kind of a one-off because the last time he appeared in a game before that was December 5th. So it's an interesting idea. Hayek has appeared in 28 games thus far this season. So we'll see. And again, like I said in the next episode, we will talk about how realistic of a possibility that could be. And then at goalie, like we've been saying, I think Igor Shesterkin has to be the starter. And I think Lundqvist has to back him up. Uh, Alex Georgiev definitely deserves better than being a healthy scratch, but facts are facts. There are three goalies for two spots. And unfortunately for Georgiev, it seems like he could be the odd man out when the puck drops for game one. One last thing that I thought I would mention here before we call it a day is late last week, Brady Shea kind of turned some heads with some comments that he made regarding the upcoming playoff series. Of course, the Rangers traded him at the trade deadline to the Carolina Hurricanes, and this is what Brady Shea had to say about the impending matchup and going up against his former team during a Zoom call. This is what he said. I've got a ton of motivation. I really enjoyed my time in New York, loved every part of it, but now I've got a ton of motivation and a chip on my shoulder going into this series. I'm going to do everything possible, everything I can to come out of this series victorious. And, you know, there's nothing there that I think is, like, over the line or something that's disrespectful toward the Rangers. I mean, he was he went out of his way to be very complimentary of the Rangers and, and go out of his way to talk about how much he liked playing in New York. But clearly, he's put that in the rearview mirror. He's a part of the Carolina Hurricanes now. And really, what else do you expect him to say? I mean, the guy's a competitor, and I'm sure it stings a little bit to be traded from one team to another. And the Rangers, they didn't even make any bones about it. I mean, part of the reason they traded Brady Shea was to get rid of his contract and open up some cap space to do things that they feel are more important than hanging on to Brady Shea for the next four and a half years. So, yeah, I mean, I would expect nothing less from Brady Shea. He's a competitor. He's going to be out there doing everything he can to help his team win the series. If this kind of riled up any Ranger fans, that's fine, too. I mean, for me, it didn't bother me at all. And if you're a player on the Rangers, I mean, I suppose you could use this as bulletin board material if you really wanted to, but it just feels like you might be reaching a little bit. There's nothing there that's over the line. He wants to win this series, knock his former team out of the postseason. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know, like I said, I've got nothing against Brady Shea. I never saw Brady Shea in the same light that the Rangers organization seemed to because they gave him a pretty nice contract. And to me, he just seemed like kind of a run-of-the-mill defenseman. I mean, he didn't seem like a truly elite blue liner in this league. I never saw him as like a top one or top two defenseman on any team, but he is a good player. He did play hard for the Rangers. And all the best to Brady Shea, just not in this upcoming series against the New York Rangers. So yeah, nothing too crazy there. Just thought I would share that with everybody. But that will do it for today. So once again, thanks as always 
always for tuning in, guys. And if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, then please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.